So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Come and See Inspirations uh, on this, the 31st of October. It's the 31st Sunday in Ordinary Time. My name is John Keeley. Uh, thank you again for joining me this morning and also for joining my colleague who's about to join me here on the programme. Um, again, Shane Ambrose. Good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John. How are we doing? Good, thanks a lot, Shane. And also, I know Shane would also want me to include himself in welcoming our listeners who are housebound and lonely and struggling in some way today. We don't just say that every week just for the sake of saying something, but we're conscious that there's people out there who will be listening to uh, podcasts from whatever uh, podcast station they might have, and maybe the the younger generation of their family might be uh, helping them to, to tune in to various podcasts. So welcome to Come and See Inspirations podcast. Uh, thank you again for joining us, and thank you again for, for your prayer. And of course, we do want to remind listeners again that they can, they can contact us if they wish to maybe offer a suggestion on, on a topic for a programme. Uh, they might offer us a prayer, maybe, to share with listeners. Maybe a piece of music that they'd like to... Or maybe they might even want to come on themselves and, and chat to something. If, it's, if so, please give, give, us a, give us a text on 00353 That's 00353 Or email us on inspirations. That's all one word. inspirations at gmail.com. And our program um, does include interviews and, ch- and chat and faith topics, inspirational music and reflecting on the Sunday Gospel, most important part of our program each week. And all our programs can be heard on our podcasting station, which is comeandseeinspirations.buzzsprout.com. That's comeandseeinspirations.buzzsprout.com. Just Google Come and See Inspirations and you'll find us there. And uh, again, our email, email and text uh, details are up on that on that podcast uh, you can also uh, check back on uh, on our blog going back uh, to 2010 2011 that's on sacredspace102.blogspot.com also on Spotify iTunes and on our Facebook Come and See Inspirations um, page and again just remind you again of that contact which is 00353 or email inspirations at gmail.com. Please do contact us, let us know, pass a comment. We'd love to take them on board. And at this part of the, this part of the podcast, many of our listeners would be aware that uh, Shane Ambrose shares with, shares with us now maybe some information on um, um, that's uh, out there in terms of what's on around the Catholic world, uh, in, especially here in Ireland, but also Saints for the Week. So Shane, you might share with us, please, what you've got. Thanks. Thanks, John. Um, so just to bring to people's attention, so we've said over the, in the last couple of podcasts that we would just point out things uh, that are up and coming for Advent for people that might want to get ready for that because things like that are being advertised at the moment. So just to point out or just to remind people or remind listeners that Advent at the Abbey is ongoing again. So that's for the Sundays of Advent. There will be talks at Greenstall Abbey. They'll be in person in the library and also online on the Glenstall webcam. And they'll also be available as recordings afterwards. So that's the 28th of November, the 5th of December, the 12th of December and the 19th of December. So they're all the Sundays of Advent. And so there's a talk, there's some refreshments and then there's a small reflection around 
uh, music and art, and then people are invited to join with the community for Vespers or Evening Prayer at six o'clock. So those talks are on at 3.30pm. Now, just to note as well, Sunday the 5th of December, it actually starts at 3pm with the carol service from the choir, the school choir. And then there's a small talk with uh, Abbott Coffee, Brendan afterwards, Brendan Coffee afterwards as well. So that's Advent at the Abbey. The talks were at 3.30 for each Sunday of Advent. Then uh, just to remind people, we've been given a plug out there, a shout out to our friend Noreen Lynch and the team at the FCJ Spirituality House in Spanish Point. So at this stage, I'm not going to call out all of the things that are up and coming because every time I look at the Facebook page, there's another notice up. So it would take me about half an hour to go through. So just to say to people, check out FCJ Spirituality House Spanish Point. They have quite a number of things being organized for the month of November. So there's things during the week, um, reflections, meditations, walks, and then there's obviously different things uh, for the different Saturdays of November as well. And if you do book in, make sure you remember to um, you remember to tell Noreen uh, that we sent you. Just to give you an idea, there's morning meditations. There's a workshop on from fleece to flowers, which looks at the process of using sheep's wool to make fabric and then felt flowers. There's resilience to story. There's come sing a song by the sea. There's stillness by the sea. And then um, come learn a song by the sea. So there's a lot of things on there. So just check it out. That's FCJ Spirituality House. Now, also, in terms of just upcoming things, now one is Advent and one isn't Advent related. So first of all, just to say to people, because we still are in the year of St. Joseph. And uh, obviously, St. Joseph forms part of the story of Knock and the apparition. So there is a tridium to St. Joseph, and it's on the 5th, the 6th, and the 7th of November. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's very much celebrating um, the year of St. Joseph. And as it happens, the shrine has commissioned a beautiful new statue of St. Joseph, which was, um, it depicts St. Joseph as he appeared in the apparition in 1879. And the statue will be placed at the in the sanctuary of the Basilica during the tridium ceremonies and then there's actually there's various talks at 7.30 p.m. on each night of the Tridium. And then afterwards, that statue is going to be moved to the parish church at Knock to a side altar. So that's the Tridium to St. Joseph. It's on the Sunday, Friday the 5th to Sunday the 7th of November. So that's next weekend. Then just to remind people, we mentioned just a couple of weeks ago, on the 14th of November at 3 o'clock, there is going to be a national memorial mass held at the shrine at the Basilica in Knock. And basically, it's to remember those who have suffered during the pandemic and also to remember the dead. And basically, all of the bishops of Ireland are going on pilgrimage to Knock for that mass at three o'clock. So the mass will be live streamed on the Basilica website, but it's also being broadcast on the RTE News Now digital uh, television channel. I think that's channel, is that channel 21, John? That's right, yeah. yeah. yeah for those that have Stairview, that's just channel 21. Now, just to link in with that as well, uh, Knock is also doing a series of Advent talks, and it links very much actually with the programme that we had last week, last week, John, last weekend, 
which was talking about the Synod on Synodality. So our friend, Father Eamon Conway, is going to be taking um, some of the talks. They're on the 2nd, the 9th, and the 16th of December at quarter past eight, that's 8.15 p.m. And again, they're, they're obviously at the, 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 the center in, in Knock, but they're also available online. And they're looking at things. So the first one is synodality, what does it mean? The second one is synodality, how does it work? And the third one is synodality, why does it matter? I thought there were three interesting talks to be held at Knock uh, in December. So that's the 2nd, the 9th, and the 16th of December at 8.15 p.m. So then also, um, yeah, so that's what I have, John, in terms of uh, just bits and pieces like that to draw to people's attention. Just so one before question. I jump just one question again. When does the year of St. Joseph finish? Is it, is it, is it the, the beginning of, the, I think it's the beginning of the year, I think. I know I just threw that one out at you just because... Uh, you've just thrown, you've just thrown me out now, Joseph. Just, I just, uh, the year St. Joseph finishes, actually it's the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, December the 8th. Okay. So that's just so, before, so, okay, okay. That video. Yeah, so it just finishes the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, December the 8th. Thanks for that. Yeah, no problem. So um, that's the year of St. Joseph. So now, in terms of liturgical odds and ends for the week, so next week is actually a busy week, um, liturgically speaking. So um, it's the 31st week in ordinary time, but it has a number of big feasts in the middle of it. And for those of us praying the Psalter, it's week three. Obviously, for the Monday and Tuesday next week, the Psalter will be um, specific. It's proper for the days, because, of course, Monday is the Feast of All Saints. It's a solemnity in the church where we remember all the saints of God, and um, obviously, it's not just those that are canonized. It's all of those who are, what's the term, uh, can see the beatific vision. So those that are with God. So obviously, it is a solemnity. And as far as I am aware, it is actually a day of obligation for Irish Catholics. Obviously, of course, with the pandemic, the obligations are slightly lifted at the moment. Uh, no, actually, it's not. Sorry, my apologies. It's not a day of obligation. Sorry, um, Immaculate Conception is, but oh, oh, sorry, All Saints is. Yes, Feast of All Saints is a holy day of obligation in Ireland. So if you can, it's always good to get to chapel on that day. Obviously, folks, it depends on your circumstances and whether, and whether or not your parish is still enforcing COVID uh, precautions. Because I know across the Limerick Diocese, quite a number of parishes have announced that they are maintaining the existing seating restrictions and yeah. so on and so forth and all, uh, all the rest of that that goes with it. So obviously it is a holiday of obligation, but obviously the obligations are lifted at the moment because we're still in the pandemic. The commemoration of the faithful departed, all souls, is on Tuesday, the 2nd of November. Obviously very much November associated with the month of the dead. And as it happens, next week's podcast, we are going to do um, a special podcast for November. So we invite people to join us for that next week. The podcast is, uh, is, is, for, is a reflection. It's a piece of reflection, music and poetry and prayer around November for the month of the dead. Now, while the podcast will go live next week, that particular reflection 
listeners can listen to it at any stage throughout the month of November once it goes up online. So obviously, Tuesday is the All Souls. It's not actually a day of obligation. A lot of people think it is. It's a bit like Ash Wednesday. Um, it's not actually the day you have to go to Mass, although a lot of people do. Just a reminder to people as well that where feasible, um, if you want to obtain the indulgence for the Holy Souls, that is still there. So uh, the indulgence is basically from 12 o'clock noon on the 1st of November um, until midnight on the 2nd. All who have confessed, received communion and prayed for the Pope's intentions uh, gain one plenary indulgence by visiting a church or oratory and reciting one Our Father and the Apostles' Creed. The faithful and pray for the dead may gain a plenary indulgence applicable only to the Holy Souls uh, from the 1st to the 8th of November. So the usual conditions applied to the indulgences are just to remind people that that's the 1st to the 8th of November. Um, so that's All Saints and All Souls. And as I said, next week's podcast is a reflection uh, for November and the month of the dead. Wednesday, the 3rd of November, is the feast day of St. Malachi on the Irish calendar. Malachi, very much associated with Armagh, born in 1094. Um, he was very much, um, he was originally, he was, a, he was elected the Bishop of Connor and then was appointed the Archbishop of Armagh and very much associated with monastic reform in Ireland because he established Mellifont Abbey, which was the first Cistercian house, uh, because he had visited St. Bernard at Clairvaux on his journey to and from Rome in 1139. Uh, he also introduced the canons regulars, the Augustinian canons, into Ireland. And then in 1148, Malachy set out from Ireland to meet the Pope, but died on his way at Clairvaux, where he caught fever and died in the arms of St. Bernard and is buried actually at Clairvaux in the Abbey Church. Then uh, fort, November the 4th is the feast day of St. Charles Borromeo, uh, Cardinal Archbishop of Milan, the second, sometimes called the second St. Ambrose of Milan, very much associated. Uh, he was created Cardinal Archbishop at the age of 21, oddly enough, quite young, but very much associated with the reform implemented after the, the Council at Trent and very much involved with Counter-Reformation. Uh, patron saint of catechists and seminarians, and also famous for writing a famous catechism that was used for many, many centuries. That's St. Charles Borromeo. On Friday, the 5th of November, just to remind people, for those observing the devotion, that is your first Friday, it is the feast day of St. Martin de Porres on the Irish calendar. Uh, 1579 to 1639, a Dominican lay brother, very much... Uh, People will be very familiar with him because there was a huge push, particularly from the Irish Dominicans at the time when Martin de Porres was going for canonization. A lot of older listeners will remember there was a great devotion to Martin. And of course, the Irish Dominicans still have the St. Martin de Porres apostolate, that little shop that they have on, uh, it's not Marion Square, it's Parnell Square in Dublin. Um, St. Martin, uh, he spent his days in the monastery caring for the sick and for the poor. And he's extremely renowned for his devotion to the Blessed Sacrament. Now, I use the term there, John, Dominican lay brother. What does that mean? He wasn't a priest. He wasn't ordained to the priesthood, but he was a part. He was a brother in the Dominican order. So, that's what that means. so uh, the other thing about it as well, I think, I stand up to correction this, but I think one of the reasons why he was only a lay brother was he was, um, he was half Indian, I think, or half Native American, I should say. And uh, I think that was one of the reasons why he wasn't ordained at the time. 
So Friday the 6th is the first Saturday for those observing the devotions for the first Saturday. But on the Irish calendar, it is an extremely important day because it is the feast day of all the saints of Ireland. So this was a feast day granted to the Irish Church around 1920 by Pope Benedict the 15th. And it commemorates all of our official saints in the Irish calendar, not just the ones that are canonized, but all the others as well. So all our local saints as well. So it's an important one. Not many countries have their own feast day for all of their own saints. So it's a, you know, it's a special one. And if people can get to mass on the Saturday morning, I would say it would be good to do, to celebrate all the feasts, all the saints of Ireland. So that's what we have, John, in terms of this week's liturgical calendar. Thanks a lot for that, Shane. I tell you, it'd be well worth um, well worth uh, revisiting for the, for most of us that uh, Knox Ryan uh, website. They seem to be very busy, and I know. I think even during the week, uh, some Tuesday evenings, I think they got some scripture reflections as well. So nice to have these uh, these resources available for those of us who maybe can't uh, leave the house as often as what we'd like these days to attend some of these events in person. Okay, so at this point of the uh, podcast, we we usually try to slow down and and offer a prayer. Um, for the last few weeks, we've we've varied it. Today, I thought I'd pick a prayer um, for for autumn as we enter autumn or in the middle of autumn. Something maybe to to give thanks for all that that we've been offered to date. And this is the one I picked this morning. We see signs of summer's passing in golden leaves, shortening days, misty mornings, and autumn glow. We sense its passing in rain that dampens, winds that chill, harvest bounty placed on show. Creator God, who brings forth both shoot and horse frost, sunrise and sunset, we bring our thanks for seeds that have grown, harvest gathered, Storehouses filled, mouths fed. And as your earth rests, and as your good earth rests through winter's cold embrace, we look, we look forward to its reawakening when kissed by spring's first touch. A little prayer we said would offer this morning, in prayer really of, of thanks for the harvest and for this time of the year. So now we we'll go for our first bit of music this morning. This time, again, it might help us just to just to reflect on maybe what we've just uh, spoken about there, reflected on. And this one, it's by Wendy Whitehead and Brian Durskin, and this one is entitled, Come Now the Time, Come Now is the Time to Worship. So join us again in...
Welcome to back to the podcast. My name is Shane Ambrose. Delighted to have you on for Currency Inspirations on this week's podcast. Still on the line with me, I have John Keeley, and we are delighted to welcome back to the podcast this week, Jane Mellicent Drucker. Good morning, Jane. How are you keeping? Hi, Shane. How are you? Good, thanks. Now, you are a very busy woman this week, I would say. Yeah, it's slightly busy this week, all right. <laughs> now, the reason Jade is kind of up to her tonsils is, of course, this weekend sees the start of what is COP26 in Glasgow. And Jane, I think you're actually going to be there for some of it as well. Yes, I'm, I'm traveling um, this week to Glasgow uh, for the UN Climate Talks uh, on behalf of Trocra and the Ladada Sea Movement. So I'll be there for almost 10 days. So it's going to be busy. Okay. So I suppose the first question I suppose most people are going to have is COP26. The name has been floating around in the media. There's been a lot of conversation about it. What the hell is it? Yeah, that's a great question. So COP stands for the Conference of Parties. uh, And it's basically the UN Climate Summit, which happens every year. And this year is the 26th year of world leaders gathering to discuss climate change and what they might do about it. So hence it's known as COP26 and the host this year is the UK and that's why it's taking place in Glasgow. Okay, so this is this is kind of, and where does this kind of sit with Paris and the Paris Accord that we hear so much about? Yeah, so the Paris Agreement is like one of the largest international treaties ever signed. Um, 195 countries um, agreed on targets to help limit um, the effects of climate change globally. And that that was in 2015 and that was COP21, which took place in Paris. So basically at the 21st UN Climate Summit, the Paris Agreement was signed at COP26 in Glasgow in the next two weeks. Um, countries are being asked to strive for greater ambition than they signed up to at Paris and to put in place um, strong targets and action um, to urgently limit global warming. Um, so it's a really critical summit in Glasgow and we're, uh, the leaders from most of the world's countries are going to be there in the opening days. Well, it's interesting. So we have an international we have an international conference on one of the key issues of the planet and the host is Boris Johnson. That's going to make interesting um that's going to make interesting news footage, if nothing else. One of the things that just struck me there, um, Jane, is you said that you know the idea is for the leaders of the world to come together to kind of give greater ambition to what was set in Paris. Now, given mm. the difficulties and the challenges that have been there with implementing the Paris, which in turn was trying to build on Kyoto, like how optimistic are we that we're actually going to see something concrete come out of all these discussions? 
Yeah, I suppose um, the urgency has increased. We had a UN climate report in August, which was the worst and darkest to date. Um, I suppose the, the effects of climate change have surprised even the climate scientists who've been warning us for, for decades of the trajectory we were headed on. Um, so there is a real sense of urgency around this COP and you can sense that from the amount of coverage it is getting. Uh, these conferences happen every year. I've never seen so much coverage for climate summit as there is at the moment. We also have, you know, things like the rise of youth climate movement uh, really pushing momentum around the COPs as well. Um, so I suppose the, the stage has, has shifted slightly in terms of people's awareness, uh, in terms of people's concern. Um, and I think politicians are very aware of that. Uh, so all eyes are on Glasgow for the next two weeks and world leaders know that. So there is a far greater momentum there um, in terms of, of, uh, of striving for this ambition. And that UN report in August, I mean, UN cited it as the code red for humanity and we've never heard this type of language around these summits before so when they call a code red you know the alarm bells are ringing uh, the world is watching so we just have to pray and hope that this that this summit in Glasgow delivers uh, considering the urgency. And in terms of I suppose the question then becomes for us I suppose this morning is where okay obviously climate is a key issue for many people and it's a political imperative but i suppose many people be kind of wondering this morning where's the faith uh kind of lens to look at this whole conversation what's what way do we we approach it from a faith perspective yeah so i suppose we have um you know pope francis as a, as a global climate leader and he has written Laudato Si on care for a common home his his letter on the environmental crisis and in that, he reminds us of our Christian vocation to care for God's creation, that one of the, the very first commandments we were ever given was to, to till and keep the garden of the Lord, which means to, to care and protect, not to destroy creation, which is what, as a species, we have uh, done up to this point. And there is also a question of intergenerational justice. So we need to ask ourselves what kind of world we're leaving to you know, children coming after us, uh, the generations coming after us. Um, so we really are asked to reflect on our call to care more deeply for creation and to walk more gently on the earth. Um, and this is very much part of what it means to be a person of faith. It's not like an added, an added extra or an option for us now. Um, mm -hmm. So we're, we're invited to really reflect on this, like personally, uh, what we, the little things that we can do as individuals but also to think of, of the global and how we can push for change. And I suppose in Glasgow, there'll be many faith communities gathered there, you know, advocating for our common home and, and for, for younger generations. Yeah, it's a point you made, of course, as you said, Pope Francis is one of the faith leaders that has, has led on this in, in recent years. And earlier in October, um, he joined with other religious leaders to sign a joint appeal to governments to commit to ambitious targets at the COP, at the conference in Glasgow, and um, you know, and the religious leaders also promised to do their own part to lead their faithful towards more sustainable behaviour. And as you said, they very much picked up on that idea of the garden. We have inherited a garden. We must not leave a desert to our children. Said the appeal, and it included it included Pope Francis. It included uh, the Archbishop of Canterbury, the Orthodox Ecumenical Patriarch Bartholomew. 
There was representatives of Islam, Judaism, Hinduism, Sikhism, Buddhism, Confucianism, Zoroastrianism, and Jainism involved as well. So it's, you know, and it's just bringing home, I suppose, that this is something that very much crosses um, political, religious divides, economic divides. And very much, of course, the church, in their appeal, the church leaders begged political leaders to adopt measures to limit temperature rise. And for countries that are most responsible for greenhouse gas emissions to provide financial support to the most vulnerable communities. And of course, that is a huge challenge at the moment because Paris contributed, there was a commitment to 100, was it $100 billion a year in terms of support to countries. Mm. Uh, and that also needs to be delivered on as well so that countries, say, for example, like, is it the Seychelles or or, 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 or Maldives yeah. that are pretty much sinking under the seas? Yeah, I mean the island nations. All of the island nations are at risk. You can you can take the Philippines, uh, you can take the Maldives, um, and and it's the poorest countries that are on the front lines of the crisis, and they've done the least to cause the problem. So climate finance is going to be a big issue at COP twenty six, and. You know, countries, wealthier countries, um, are being asked to to provide the uh, the funds for climate adaptation and mitigation. So that the world's poorest people um, can can be helped to to adapt to the effects of climate change. Um, and it's not to be confused with, I suppose, overseas development aid. That this isn't this is an added extra, and this is the cost of of doing nothing like economically this is the cost of, of doing nothing to date to to mitigate against climate change so you know these are the big issues at at glasgow in the next two weeks mm. now, jane you mentioned the Laudato Si movement there as well i suppose people would say well what is that yeah great question so since um since since Laudato Si was published in 2015 um on care for common home a worldwide movement has sprung up mostly from the grassroots of people who are deeply concerned about these issues. They are people of faith. It's it's mostly a Catholic movement, but all people of goodwill are invited to join us. Um, so right across the world, thousands of people have, have joined the Ladado Sea movement. It's a, it's an international organization, but it's it's more than that. It's it's a movement in itself. Um, and they're, you know, drawing on the wisdom of Ladado Sea. They're joining in prayer for creation, but also very much in terms of of advocacy and trying to create spaces locally where where faith communities can reflect on these issues and take action. So um, you can find it online, LadadoSeaMovement.org, and find out a bit more what it's about. But it's a very um, it's a very positive sign of people of faith. Um, starting to, to, you know, awaken into this crisis and, and uh, discerning where they can be and take action in it. Yeah, just to say as well to listeners this morning for the podcast, from um, obviously from a, from a point of view of resources and materials, obviously there's the Laudato Sea Movement website. From an Irish perspective, you can also check in on Choker's website for COP26 and also from an environmental justice point of view, climate change justice point of view. Uh, obviously, uh, we've been talking about Pope Francis's encyclical Dato C. There's quite a lot published in relation to that online. From an Irish perspective, of course, there is um, the Archbishop of Dublin has recently brought out a pastoral letter on on, on it, uh, the call of the call of the earth, the call mm-hmm. of the poor. Our own bishop here in Limerick, uh, Doctor Bishop Brendan, had a Linton pastoral in 2020 on it. Uh, also, just to um, just to highlight as well, there's a couple of books. One that caught my eye is Laudato Si, an Irish response, which is essays on Pope 
Pope Francis' letter on the environment, which was edited, of course, by Sean McDonough, who, of course, is one of our main, um, or was one of our more uh, main uh, environmental theologians in Ireland as well. Uh, Jane, from your perspective, is there anything in terms of things that are happening right now or things that are coming up that you would be encouraging people to get involved in? Sure. Well, one thing people can do this weekend is to go to the climate petition or sorry, the Catholic petition.org um, to sign a petition that has been endorsed by the Vatican around COP26. Um, so that's the Catholic petition.org and add your name to that petition to raise your voice in, in support of, of COP26. Um, but then locally, I mean, we really need to pray about this issue and especially pray for the success of these talks. And after COP26, people can get involved. You can go onto Troker's website, go into our parish page, click on Ladado C, and there's a huge amount of resources there for parish use. And really just gathering a couple of people locally who care about the issue um, and seeing what you might do in your local parish. And it can be as simple as tree planting, looking at the church grounds, thinking about becoming an eco-parish through Eco-Congregation Ireland. And these are all little ways that we can be witnesses to being part of the solution and, and caring more deeply for our common home. Okay. Jane Mellet from Trocrat, listen, thanks a million for joining us on this week's podcast and giving us that perspective on COP26. Travel safe. Glasgow, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks very much, Shane. Take care. All right. Bye-bye.
like to grow The creatures you made to let your life show The flowers and trees that help us to know The heart of So welcome back again to the third part of Come and See Inspirations, uh, a podcast from Come and See Inspirations Society, coming from our Come and See studio here in Ada County, Limerick, in Ireland. This part of the podcast is where we read and reflect on the Sunday Gospel, the Word of God. Prior to that, we share a prayer to help us read and reflect on the Word of God, and Shane will lead us into that this morning. Thanks, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your Word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we humbly... May we approach this word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed and our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this thing. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for that, Shane. So the Gospel for today, uh, the 31st Sunday in Ordinary Time, is taken from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12, verse 28 to 34. One of the scribes came to Jesus and, and put a question to him. Which is the first of all the commandments? Jesus replied, This is the first. Listen, Israel. The Lord our God is the one Lord, and you must love your, the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this, you must love your neighbour as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. The scribe said to him, Well spoken, Master. What you have said is true, that he is one and there is no other. To love with all your heart, with all your understanding, and strength, and to love your neighbour as yourself. This is far more important than any holocaust or sacrifice. And Jesus, seeing how wisely he had spoken, said, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to question him anymore. That's the gospel for today, for the 31st Sunday in Ordinary Time. Shane, have you got a, a reflection or a few thoughts you might share with us, please? Yeah, I suppose it's... Um just reflecting on it, I suppose that there's 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 a, it's a summation here. We have we have this a couple of times in each of the synoptics where Jesus gives a summary of uh, teaching, and here Mark is presenting us with it, where one of the scribes again is in dialogue with Jesus and kind of challenging him. Now we've had this a couple of times over the last couple of weeks in terms of scripture. <coughs> Excuse me, and 
putting question to him and he's saying, what is the first of all the commandments? And it's very much picking up on a theme that's there in Judaism to kind of understand what was the requirement, because the scribes, the Pharisees very much would have been focusing on dissecting and understanding the, the Torah, the rules and the regulations governing Jewish everyday life. And, you know, it, it's not for nothing they're known as uh, by their by their Muslim neighbors as people of the book. The Torah is, is quite prescriptive. Um, I think someone once said to me, it's something like 613 different rules and regulations, although I don't quote me on that number, but it's a lot, basically. So one of the issues, then, of course, was being able to sum that up for people in terms of understanding and all the rest of it. And what we have here is Jesus's uh, quoting what's called the Shema, the Shema, which is kind of the summation of all Jewish uh, uh teaching, I suppose, in one, one, one respect, and is something actually which devout Jews will recite on a daily basis. Now, I'm, 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 I stand open to correction on this, but my understanding also is that for a observant Jewish house, as you go in the door, there's generally um, a thing on the side of the door, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, like a, which contains a role or script of this actual piece from scripture and a devout Jew entering and exiting in a house will touch that as to remind themselves um, of this commandment which is taken from I think it's taken from the book of Deuteronomy which is the Lord our God is the one Lord and you must love the God love your God with all your heart so it's 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 a reminder to us I think and then Jesus adds on the second bit which is love of neighbor as well uh, love your neighbor as yourself. And so for us as Christians, we also take this as the summation of the teachings of, of Jesus. You know, they're expounded, for example, in the Beatitudes or the Sermon on the Mount or the Sermon on the Plain, depending which gospel you're reading. Um, but generally, the all of the gospels will have this summation, this line somewhere, what we call the golden rule. Um, love your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, there's two things, I suppose, John, that strike me about it. We'll, we'll, we'll do the love of neighbor bit first. Love your neighbor as yourself. And that always struck me as being a bit more complicated than you first think. Because we live in a world very much where you'd have to ask yourself, how do I treat myself? And it's not being selfish, it's not being self-centered to ask that question from time to time. Because unless we are happy in ourselves, unless we're comfortable in our own skin, it's kind of difficult for us to have a good relationship with those around us. And at the end of the day, that's, you know, the call that Jesus puts on us. Now, obviously, what Jesus is getting here is that, you know, we have a requirement to be conscious of the other, to be open to the other, and to be aware of the needs of the other person, which very much, of course, links in with uh, what we discussed in part two of the podcast. Um, but it's also, I suppose, a challenge to us as well in terms of what does it mean in terms of practical day-to-day -day steps. Because the question is, who is your neighbor? And that's something that we can be a bit more picky about than perhaps we should be. So who is my neighbor? 
is sometimes is the question. Now, when Jesus is asked that question in the Gospels, we get the parable of the Good Samaritan. So I suppose the challenge there for us is if we apply that in the, in the world today, who is my neighbor can be maybe a little uncomfortable because it could be people that we're not comfortable talking to or we're not in agreement with, be those in a particular community or maybe part of the traveling community or in the LGBT world or maybe people that don't go to chapel, for example, and we kind of write them off or people that maybe do things we don't quite approve or have a family situation that we don't really think is proper. Um, you know, so there's that whole question that we, you know, when we're reflecting on this Sunday's gospel, we need to ask ourselves that question, who is my neighbor? Um, you know, and we, we have to be, that's the kind of one thing. The other side of that part, as I said, of course, is that we have to see the good in others, but by, by also being aware of the goodness in ourselves, you know, and, uh, and just to be conscious of that and, and to be aware of that. But also, I suppose, to remind ourselves that there is good in each one of us. Um, you know, and it, it was interesting just looking at some talks on this during the week. Uh, during the week, it, there was a reminder to us that we are good in and of ourselves because we are created in the image and likeness of God, and we each of us is a child of God, and we must remember that, um, you know, as well. Then I suppose the other thing, then of course, is love God, you know, love of God, and with all our heart, our soul, and all our strength. Or as 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 Jesus puts it in in the gospel this week, um, you must love the love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. It's an interesting one. There's three areas picked out for us there. You know, it's. Um, Love with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength. But of course, the first word there is love. And the question, of course, is, well, what is that? It must, must be one of the most misunderstood, misabused words in the English language. And we just need to be careful of that. But the challenge there for us is, I suppose, the focus that we need to have is on God. And the fact that Jesus refers to heart, soul, mind and strength reminds us that it should be an all-encompassing part of our lives. Um, you know, something that should be central to our beings is our awareness of our relationship with God. And that is something, I suppose, that's the challenge that's there for each and for each one of us. And how do we, you know, engage with that challenge that's there? So, you know, Mind, body, strength, um, you know, soul, but what do we do? Do we feed the soul? You know, so for each of us, it's a time of, do we have a time of prayer? You know, however simple or that might be, or however structured that might be, you know, we're coming into Advent, coming in towards the end of the year. It's, you know, Advent is the start of the liturgical year. We all start off with new, new Year's resolutions. Perhaps that would be one of our New Year's resolutions that we need to think about. Something to think about before Advent starts. You know, do we feed the soul in terms of things like um, the sacraments for those of us that are that are Catholic, a key part of our our, our practice in terms of the faith? Um, and in and, and particular, of course, I suppose the two key ones there is Eucharist and reconciliation. Um, 
And I think if anything, COVID maybe has taught us how much we need and how much we should value those of which we haven't had access to for such a long period of time. Um, but also, I suppose, in terms of strength and, and, and from that side of things. And for me, I suppose that's the reminder to us, you know, mind and strength is a reminder to us that we also have a responsibility to look after ourselves in terms of from a physical point of view. So do you make the effort to keep your health? Because you have been given your body, your physical body, as a gift from God. And so, therefore, you have a responsibility to steward it. You have a responsibility to look after it. So do you go for your walk? Do you watch what you eat? Do you regulate the consumption of alcohol if you're a drinker, for example? You know, all of those types of questions, you know, we can, we can look at it from another point of view. We go, I've looked at it from the point of view of medical health and looking after ourselves. But from a faith perspective, we can also look at it from the point of view, your body is a gift that you've been given by God. And, you know, how are you looking after it as well? Just something to think about, just, you know, just in terms of the thoughts that are there. In terms of the mind, that's what I think um, with all our minds, that's something which can be challenging and obviously will take different forms for different people. Um, I suppose for some people, it's very much looking at things like uh, spiritual reading is one particular example. Lives of the Saints is an example that's given there, but not just those. In the modern world, there's so many books and writers that are there for each and every one of us. So, for example, here on the podcast from time to time, we've talked to people like Martina Lahan Sheehan, you know, Patrick Hederman. Uh, we've spoken about the right writers for Lexio Divina, Lexio Divina like Michael de Vertai. Um, we've interviewed different people over the, over the years on the podcast you know, who would be writers and that are there for spiritual support for us in our lives. It doesn't have to be, you know, we're not saying everyone has to read The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis, for example. But each of us needs to find and source something that nourishes us spiritually and intellectually in our lives, whatever that might be, to the best of our abilities. And it's not something that can be prescribed, you know, universally for everyone. So, for example... Some people might have a very strong Marian devotion, so there might, that might be something that they'd be interested to explore. Others might be interested in exploring things like centering prayer or mindfulness or things like that. But looking for ways to explore and develop and encourage and experience and move our relationship with God, because we are, we've been given our intellect to use and develop as well, and we have a responsibility to do that as well. And, it, you know, it doesn't have to be something complicated and theological. And it also doesn't stop with age. I would be a firm believer that, you know, you could be 101 and still have something to read or to do in that regard. You know, even if it's only looking at something like, you know, the Africa magazine or the St. Martin Apostolate magazine. But in terms of the gospel this week, I suppose the questions that are to be challenging us is, if we bring it back to the two commandments that are given, love of God with all our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength, and love of our neighbor as ourselves. They're not easy. They're not straightforward. Something which, and, you know, that's, in one sense, that's almost to be expected. And uh, if it was easy, you know, well, then it wouldn't be a problem. But it's a challenge for each of us. And it's, as we reflect on it this weekend, it's very much aligned 
very much something from scripture which we can become over familiar with. And as we've said time and again on the program, particularly when we're looking at Lexio Divina and you're, you're reflecting on particular words from scripture that will leap out at you this week, and you're reflecting on your gospel, it's when it's the most familiar as a text that we really need to focus and reflect on it and to pray on it and see what way the Holy Spirit will guide us as we reflect on our Lexio for the coming week. John? Shane, beautiful. Thank you so much indeed for that. There's not much I can add to that, except just a thought that came to me during the week. Um, and it just stayed with me to just mention that, that idea you had out there about Alexia Divina. What stayed with me uh, was, I must love my God with all my heart and all my soul and all my mind and all my strength. God loves me, and he wants, warts and all, no matter who I am, where I am. He also loves my neighbour. Uh, God created both my neighbour and myself. And my thoughts this week stay with the question of, how much do I love God? And how, how can I love God? Is it by obeying all the rules and regulations of my church? Not necessarily. Jesus instructs us to love God with my whole heart, my whole mind and all my strengths. And to do that, as I'm concerned, I need to build and maintain an ongoing relationship with God as best I can. And by that, it might be some of the things Shane mentioned there about reading and reflecting and so on and so forth. Well, and as he mentioned there before, also by listening, by reading, reading the Word of God. Maybe that by, might be a leaflet from the, from the church on Sunday. Or pick up the gospel. But something that, that helped me to, to listen to the Holy Spirit, and listen to the Holy Spirit maybe in silence. And I'll just finish off by something that you mentioned there, Michael Vertai, uh, and just something that he reflected on this week. He said, Lord, there was a time when we felt confused, pulled in different directions, as we tried to satisfy all of our obligations. We thank you for always sending us teachers like Jesus, who brings us back to basics. They may make us experience that loving you with all our hearts, with all our understanding and strength, and loving our neighbour as ourselves, is far more important than any holocaust or sacrifice. At that moment we knew that we know that we're on the right road to the kingdom, and we don't feel the need to ask any further questions. So with that, uh, we'll come to the end of our podcast. Thanks again, listeners, for staying with us this morning. And of course, thanks to Shane for sharing all that stuff with us this morning in the first part of the programme in terms of resources. And the second part of the programme, of course, um, um, when it's shared with Jane Mellis and, of course, with the Gospel today. So now it's time for us to come to our final piece of music. Looking around for something new to see what I could find, and I wanted to pick up on the theme "Love in the Neighbor" and so on and so forth. And this one, it's a song sung by a person called Sadik Sebastian, and this one is entitled "Love Your Neighbor." So for self and Shane, um, thanks again for joining us for this podcast this week. Again, just to remind uh, listeners if they do wish to contact us at all, uh, email commentsinspirations at gmail dot com, or you can text us, and that's at oh eight seven. Six zero eight eight six six seven. That's oh eight seven six zero eight eight six six seven. Just insert zero zero three five three before that, if you're outside of Ireland. In the meantime, we'll uh, speak again next week. And in the meantime, have a good week for myself. A shame. God bless. Now, bye. <laughs> Be 
kind to each other. Love, love, love one another and be kind. Be kind to each other. Jesus told us to love Him and to love everyone. Jesus told us to love Him and to love everyone. So let your light shine and love, love, love one another and be kind. Be kind to each other. Each other.